Sports Talk with Big Sarge Podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. Hi. Hello. Greetings and salutations. I know it's been a minute. And while I was gone, guess what happened? I'm married now. Yeah. Got married. Yeah. Got engaged two weeks later. Was married. And for the record, no, she is not pregnant. I know some of y'all went like, dang, Sarge, you want to tell us a little something, Sarge? You got something on the way, Sarge? No, I do not. Just found a woman that could deal with me. My attitude, my mood swings, my schedule. Because I'm not really that moody. I'm even killed. So, you know, that's not really hard to get along with. My mental health issues, yeah, they can work through. It's my schedule. I finally found a woman who can deal with my schedule. And I love it. She's there to support me all the time. So youngest of the Crizzles. Yeah, we did that thing. And guess what? We ain't paying a lot of money for, for the wedding. We went right there to Justice of the Peace and said, hey, uh, if you ain't busy this Saturday, can you uh, do a little something for us? Can you mind doing us a favor? Yeah. Yeah, we just need to get married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh that part so yeah youngest of the crystals you already know what time it is all right let me jump right into this thing game three of the nba finals is on wednesday night the series is currently tied at one apiece the series is between the boston celtics and the golden state warriors and if you didn't know that if big sarge had to tell you that then what are you doing with your life are you not paying attention to anything the series is currently tied at one apiece they head back to Boston to play game three. And let's just go ahead and put it out there. If we're looking at this game, right? If we're looking at this, this is a pivotal game three. It's pivotal because Boston was able to go in and steal a game at Golden State, which isn't easy to do, by the way. And you know what? I'm going to go on record by saying this. I don't know if Boston won it. Or if Golden State gave it away? I think that that is the million-dollar question. Did the Golden State Warriors give away game one by having a bad fourth quarter? Or did the Boston Celtics go in there and take it out? Full disclosure, let me preface my statement by saying this. I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan until Kevin Durant leaves and wherever he goes next, then I'll be a fan of that team. See, I don't really have a lo- I don't really have loyalty to a basketball team. I have loyalty to a football team, which is the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to always be a football team. I don't really have loyalty to a basketball team. I have loyalty to a player. Kevin Durant's my favorite player. So wherever he is, wherever he goes, that's where I'm going to be a fan of, except I did not root for the Golden State Warriors when Kevin Durant was there. 
I stayed Oklahoma City because Russ was still there. And I just couldn't jump on that bandwagon and root for the Golden State Warriors. It just seemed entirely too easy. It was just too easy to say, hey, I'm a Golden State Warriors fan. You'd be like, for real? For how long? But when did KD get there? That part. So game three is a pivotal game. It is a pivotal game uh, between the Bo uh, Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. And, and before I before I get into my game three predictions, let me just recap some of the things that I've seen that happened in game two and where I think that Steve Kerr, who is the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, is just, listen, I ain't trying to knock the brother. And he really is a brother. I'm not trying to knock the brother and head coach for the Boston Celtics, Ime Udoke. Udoka. 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 I think that's what Indy told me to say. It's Ime Udoka. Head coach for the Boston Celtics. I'm not trying to knock the brother. I think that he's doing a very, very, very good job. I believe that he's doing a really good job. I believe that if he continues on this path that he's on, he's going to go down as one of the, the, the good coaches. You know, if he gets a couple of players, one in particular, we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the podcast. If he gets a player uh, that I think and can, and can hold some of this nucleus that he has with the Boston Celtics right now, he'll be good. But Steve Kerr is great. And I know a lot of you all don't want to give him his credit. I know a lot of you all are saying, well, it's not hard to coach Steph and Clay and Draymond. Uh, it's, it kind of is. Some of you all don't realize that. That's a lot of different personalities that he has to manage. But Steve Curry is a good coach. And one of the reasons why Steve Curry is a good coach, because Steve Kerr reminds me of New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick. I don't know how many of you all watch uh, watch the Patriots, but if you watch the Patriots, especially during that dynasty where they had Tom Brady and they were going to all the Super Bowls and they were winning all those Super Bowls, one thing that consistently stood out for those New England Patriots teams is that they were able to make the adjustments at halftime. You see one Patriots team in the first half, and you're going to see a totally different Patriots team in the second half. Because Bill Belichick is a mastermind and he knows how to go in and make the necessary adjustments in, in the second half in order to win the game. He knows that whatever game plan that he had in the first half cannot be used anymore. He also has watched what the other teams other team is doing. And now he's able to make those in-game adjustments. He's able to make those halftime adjustments in order to be successful. Head coach of the University of Alabama, Nick Saban, is the exact same way. Nick Saban is one of those guys who will go in at halftime and say, okay, whatever we were doing in the first half, that's cool. I noticed during that first however many minutes they play in those two quarters, this is what they're doing. Steve Kirk is the exact same way. There's a reason why people look at the Golden State Warriors and say, okay, man, I can't wait to that third quarter. Come third quarter, you know, you're going to see a whole different Golden State Warriors team. And you do. Nine times out of ten, you're going to see the Golden State Warriors come out and win the third quarter, coming out of halftime. 
There's not a lot of coaches that can do that. There's not a lot of coaches that can make those necessary adjustments. There's not a lot of coaches who can go in and say, even though we were successful in the first half, now we got to scrap most of that and do something totally different. Steve Kerr is one of those coaches, and I don't see that in the Boston Celtics head coach right now. I don't see it right now. Now, he may be able to uh, uh, pick up on that and, and make those necessary adjustments going on in the future. Maybe next year you'll be able to see the Boston Celtics be that type of team as well. And I think that this experience for them going to the NBA Finals, this type of experience will help them out a lot. But if we're talking about right now, it's, just, it's Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr knows how to make those the necessary adjustments. And when I come back from the break, I'll tell you one adjustment that he made or has made or did make in game two that really didn't have anything to do with him, but had everything to do with him. We'll be back. I'm really good at telling the half truth, but usually only when I have to. The money doesn't work, the chain doesn't work. Something broken in my brain, got me praying in the dirt. Got me stranded in my bed, like I'm laying in a hearse. And the grass is always greener when you play on AstroTurf. Wonder why my generation popping pills and popping perks. And got some weed and got some perp and got some bars and got some surf and got some Jordans on my feet. I went and matched them with my shirt and I just Instagrammed them. Weezy out of here. The dash is digi, the schedule busy, my head in a hoodie, my shorty a goodie, my cousins are crazy, my cousins like boogie, life is amazing, it is what it should be, been here for 10 but I feel like a rookie, I tell her look up cause it's snowing, but wait, for three hear years, me out, can't even book me, it's me and little baby, the shit going crazy, Weezy produced it and Weezy F made me and she held it down so she got a Mercedes, your money records, the army, the navy, they ran me 10,000, I threw it like Brady, but wait, yellow, like hear me out, Katie. I trust in my niggas, they never betray me, met all these niggas, they sweeter than Sadie, when I started out, I just took what they gave me. Did all the favors, they never repay me. It worked in my favor because nobody said. Hey! Hold up, hold up, hold up. Ah, ah. Hey, 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 hey. I'm grooving right here in the barracks. Oh! Uh, 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 uh. Hey, look, I done got to that age now to whereas I just. I don't really dance anymore. You know, I'm in the barracks. I'm sitting in the chair. You know what I'm doing? I'm body rocking in the chair. I'm old. That's how we do now. I chair dance a lot. So I'm just sitting here, you know, you, you, as long as you, it's all about how you, you know, the, the, the type of words that you use, the sounds that you make. Mm, hold up. Oh, 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 oh. You don't really be doing nothing. You just be moving. You just, but if you make people think that you could really do, you know, if I got up out this seat, I cut a rug. Old people say cut a rug. Welcome back. You tuned in to Sports Talk with Big Sarge Podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. Hey, before I went to the break, we were talking about the. Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors as they prepare for game three of the NBA Finals on Wednesday. And I said that, I talked about how Steve Kerr is the Bill Belichick of the NBA. 
because he can make the necessary adjustments. He makes the necessary halftime adjustments. He makes the necessary in-game adjustments in order to get his team or lead his team to victory. And in game two, there was something that happened. And I don't think that people took notice of it. I don't think that people took notice of exactly what happened in game two for the Golden State Warriors that actually propelled them to victory. Gary Payton II played in game two. His first game that he had played since May 3rd. Now, you remember he suffered an injury against the Memphis Grizzlies. Three minutes into the game, he was hit as he was going for a layup. Um, As he was going for a layup, he was knocked out of the air, came down on his elbow, and that kept him him out of the rest of that Memphis Grizzlies series and out of the Western Conference Finals against the Dallas Mavericks. Gary Payton II hadn't played in over a month. He didn't even know if he was going to be able to play in game two. He was healthy enough to play in game two, but he didn't know if Steve Kerr was actually going to put him in the game. And even in his post-game press conference after game two, he said that Coach Pump faked me. I didn't know if he was going to play me or not. All I knew was that I was ready. And by him being ready, by him being able to to, to play by Steve Kerr inserting him into the game. What does that do now? That frees up Jordan Poole on the defensive side of the ball. Reserve guard Jordan Poole for the Golden State Warriors. He is not, he is not a two-way player. Everybody knows that. Jordan Poole is not a two-way player. He's a very good offensive player and a subpar defensive player. With Gary Payton II being out, guess what Jordan Poole has to do now? He has to play more defense. Or, excuse me, had to play more defense. When you're bringing in Moses Moody to play defense, none of them, it come, you can put them two together, and, and they are, they, they're not uh, combined. They're not as good of a defensive player as Gary Payton II. You all remember in 2021, Gary Payton II won... Let me just start saying, I want to just say Peyton. I just want to say Gary Peyton, but I mean, he's Gary Peyton II. And when you hear that name, Gary Peyton, what do you automatically think of? The glove. Which side note, the way that Gary Peyton II plays defense shouldn't surprise you if you know who his dad is. If you watched his dad during those uh, Seattle Supersonics days, his nickname was The Glove. Great defense. His son is a great defender. 2021 uh, NBA G League Defensive Player of the Year. Led the G League in steals. So now what happens? You insert him into the game, and whoever he's on, he's making it tough for them. Just like how Boston has the Defensive Player of the Year and Marcus Smart, and when he's ho- whoever he's holding, he makes it difficult for them. That's the exact same thing that Gary Payton II does for the Golden State Warriors. So bringing him into the game now, what does that do? And he's not a bad offensive player. He's not a great offensive player. He he, he can get you some buckets. He can hit some open shots, but that's not his specialty. His specialty is to be able to get in there and, hey, look, I'm going to make it hard for Jalen Brown. I'm going to make it hard for Jason Tatum. 
I'm going to make it hard for Marcus Smart. I'm going to make it hard for whoever is in the game. And that's exactly what happened. Y'all listen and say, well, Sarge, ain't no such, ain't, ain't no way that a role player can change the trajectory of the game. Like, uh, uh, there's no possible way that a role player can change the trajectory of the game. Uh, oh, contrary move rare. This ain't just no regular role player. This is a guy whose skill set is amazing. This is a guy who has a great skill set, and that is to play defense. And playing defense does what? Freeze up Jordan Poole to be able to have the type of energy that he needs on the offensive side of the ball. When the Warriors win this in six, as I predicted, guess what's going to happen? A lot of accolades are going to be thrown Gary Payton a second away because of the way that he plays defense, because of the way that, that, that he plays the game, the way that he can take a player out of a game. We're going to see. We're going to see. Look, hold on. Before, I, look, before we switch gears and before I tell you who I think that the Boston Celtics need to go out and get in free agency next year in order to make a return trip to the NBA Finals, let me say this. What was y'all thinking? What? Well, well, yeah. Well, what, what was y'all thinking? I I don't know what you know. What I know what it was. Most of you, most of you all have emotional damage. Yeah. Watching these NBA finals, the, the, the first two games, a lot of you all have emotional damage. Especially you, Boston Celtics. And some of you sports media fans, I said sports media fans, look at that. No, some of you all in the sports, in sports media, some of you journalists, some of you broadcasters, some of you radio personalities, y'all, y'all got emotional damage. Let me tell you why you got emotional damage. How in the hell did you think that uh, Al Horford was going to change uh, or be a, a big factor in the finals? Man, Sarge, have you been watching the NBA Finals? Did you not see him go off in game uh, game one for 26 points? I surely did. I surely did. I watched Al Horford hit six threes, and I said to myself, ah, got that out the way early, didn't you? Got your one good game that you're going to have in the series out of the way early, didn't you? Can't blow your load that quick, Al. You got to pace yourself, brother. You can't go in there and blow your load that quick. You got to slow down. Spread that thing out a little bit. It's a seven-game series, not one game. Not if you all were all caught up in, man, well, hey, look, man, you know, it's Al Horford's time. It's Al Horford's time. Hell no, Al Horford's clock is broke. Y'all expecting this 48-year-old man to come out and be the reason why the Boston Celtics win they uh win another in NBA championship. Hell no. And then you know, we know Al Horford is not 48, but hey, look, he plays like it, he runs like it. I don't have anything against Al Horford. I think that Al Horford's a you know, he's a he's a good player, he's a decent player. 
He reminds me a lot of his dad. Um, for those of you all who have lived in Houston for a very, 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 very long time, like myself, you remember that his dad, Tito, went to Marion Christian on the southwest side of Houston. Uh, private school at the time, no longer in existence, but his dad was a hard player. Al is a hard player. But if you're depending on Al to be that third, fourth scoring option for you, if you're depending on Al to bring it on home, you might as well give it up. Let me give you all Al Horford's last five games. And I'm talking about three games, three games, in the last three games of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat and the first two games of the NBA Finals. All right. Game five, Al Horford has 16 points. Game five of the Eastern Conference Finals, Al Horford has 16 points. Game six, three points. Game seven, five points. Game one of the NBA Finals, 26 points. Game two, two. Two. One, two. I'm thinking to myself, Al Horford, you taking Peloton classes? With Alex Trusant, because Alex Trusant, uh, the instructor for the Peloton classes, he be one, two, one, two, one, two, getting you on that cadence. Uh, one, two, one, two. I think that that's what you did. One, two, and then that was it. You were done. How the hell you scored two points in an NBA Finals game after scoring twenty six? I mean, I'm not surprised. Everybody who was throwing accolades your way saying, "Look at Al Horford balling in Game One." I'm saying to myself, did y'all not watch the last three games? of the Eastern Conference Finals. In one of those games, I can't remember if it was game six or game seven, to go back and look it up. I think Al Horford hit his first three-pointer in the fourth, late, late, late in the fourth quarter. Late. It was one of those games that the, one of those last two games where he had five points and seven points. Then you you, you hit six three-pointers in game one, and then you don't even attempt attempt you didn't even try to shoot a three-pointer you hit six game one like at least throw one up there at least try to throw one up there al simmons ben horford like take a shot shoot let it go let it fly that's what you were doing in game one but i understand and a lot of times People don't look at the, the intricacies and the nuances of the changes that are made during th throughout the game and what they did. So you heard me say in the last segment that uh, Steve Kerr is a mastermind of adjustments, of in-game adjustments, of halftime adjustments. And you know what he did? Steve Kerr went and, and did something that took Al Horford completely out of the game. The Warriors went small. They went to a lineup that consisted of Steph Curry, Otto Porter Jr., uh, Andrew Wiggins, Gary Payton II, and Draymond Green. And when they went there and with Al Horford on the floor, who in the hell he going to hold? It ain't a person out there that Al Horford can hold, play defense on. So what did he do? He looked lost. When the Warriors went small, he looked lost. And because of the way that they moved the ball, because of the ball movement, because of the way that they're able to swing swing the ball around and get open shots, go back and look at that game. It looked like Al Horford is just spinning in a circle because he's so damn confused. 
Al Horford looked like me looking at Al Horford looked like me thinking about running full speed. I ain't ran full speed since 2013. Pull my damn hamstring the last time I ran full speed. This is exactly what Al Horford is like. Draymond over there. I may be able to go and hang out over there to hold him, but as soon as I go over there, Draymond going to roll to the top and get the ball, and now he's going to put me in a position to where I got to hold him as he's dribbling, waiting on Curry uh, to come off a screen. Let me go hold Otto Porter Jr. Oh, hell no, because he's going to come off a screen, and he's going to keep moving, and he's going to find himself in He's going to find himself an open shot as well. Gary Payton a second. Oh, yeah, he'll blow right by me. I ain't Steph. She. Man. But I'd rather trip my auntie in open court than uh, hold Steph. There's nobody that he could hold. There was nobody that Al Horford could hold on that court because of the, the offense that the Warriors run in order to get open shots. So he just looks lost. Now he may have a good game three. He may have a good game four. And by good games, I'm a good game. I mean, score double digits. Damn sure score more than two points. He may. He's becoming a liability. Him, Daniel Tice, like they're becoming liabilities out there on the court. And now with a healthy Golden State Warriors team, a healthy. Golden State Warriors team by getting Gary Payton the second back, and now the lineup change. I don't know what uh, I don't know what Boston is going to do. They're going to have to pull Al Horford out of the game because he can't hold nobody. Yeah. Anyway, I, and I say anyway because I don't have anything personal. I know it sounds personal against Al Horford. I don't. I just think that, like, I'm still thinking back back to the time that Al Horford left his fiance and then got married within two weeks to another woman. May not have been two weeks, but it was damn sure short. Shit, Al Horford got married quicker than I did. You tuning in to Sports Talk with Big Sarge Podcast. When we come back from the break, I'll tell you one player that the Boston Celtics need to go out and get during free agency. You gotta go and get this guy. We'll be back. Got young one, chopping that thing, baby. Swiss beats, full surface. Come on, come on, come on, come on. When I'm drunk in the club, I might just start. Block party in the hood, I might just start. Underground downtown, I might just start. Give me the key to the city, I'ma lock this. They ain't gon' take me alive and you can bet that Hit him where the chest at, hit him where the neck at Show me where the rest at They in the same building living like a mess pack Four miles away So, I typed a text to a girl I used to see Saying that I chose this cutie pie with whom I wanna be And I apologize if this message gets you down Then I cc'd every girl that I'd cc round town And hate to see y'all frown, but I'd rather see her smiling Witness all around me true, but I'm no island, peninsula maybe, makes no sense, I know crazy, give up all this, that's in my lap, no looking back, spaceships, don't come equipped with rear view mirrors, they dip, as quick as they can, the atmosphere is now ripped, I'm so like a pit, I'm glad it's night, so the light from the sun would not burn me on my bum, when I shoot the moon, high jump the broom, like a preemie out the
Hey, welcome back. You're tuning into the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge, right here in the barracks. I am so happy, you all. I am so, so happy. I am so elated. I finally have got the barracks together. Coming together, but together. By the barracks, I mean that I finally have my own studio now. I was able to turn our study into my studio. And I'm going to have people to be able to come in and sit down with me in the barracks and talk. So there will be some guests coming on here soon. Very soon. I'm just happy to be back. I'm just happy to be in a space where I can record. I'm just happy to be in a place uh, of peace and tranquility. I don't think you all understand how great it feels to be at peace. I love it. I love it. Okay. Now that we've gotten that heartfelt moment out of the way, before I went to uh, before I went to the break, I told you that there is one player that is going to be an unrestricted free agent as soon as the NBA season is over. That I think I, there's a player that I think that the Boston Celtics should go out and get. Now, this player I'm about to talk about, the position that he plays, it's already crowded. It's a crowded position for the Boston Celtics. But I think that if they work this thing the right way, they can get this thing done the right way. It can happen. Did you see how I took that pause there for, for a second? I didn't do it for a dramatic effect. I'm sitting there thinking like, if they don't do this, if the Boston Celtics don't do this, they'll never get back to, to, to this mountaintop. They'll never get back to the NBA Finals if they do not make... This, if they don't make, if they don't make this type of acquisition, if they don't make the type of acquisition, if they don't get this player in free agency that I feel could take them over the top, if they don't get him or a player like him, you could possibly see them moving on from either Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. And if I had to choose between the two, it'll probably be Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum has a, a better skill set to me than Jalen Brown. I like Jalen Brown. I think he's a very good player. I don't think that he'll ever reach superstar status like Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is definitely on his way to reaching superstar status. And if I want to build a team, I'm going to build a team around Jason Tatum and not around Jalen Brown. So if Boston can't find a way during free agency, to bring in Dallas Mavericks guard Jalen Brunson. They ain't going to make it. Now you're saying to yourself, Sarge, why would they go out and get uh, Jalen Brunson? Why would they go out and get a player who's looking for a 20-plus, 20, $20 million a year? That's more than Marcus Smart, who made who, who was Defensive Player of the Year this, this past season, and Derek White. Right now, the Boston Celtics have a combined, 
Let's see what's that? Nine. I care you one, two, two, two. They had $123 million wrapped up in two guards in Marcus Smart and Derek White. And I think that Marcus Smart is a good ball player on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that Derek White is a good player on the on the offensive side of the ball. I think that both of those are pretty good point guards in another system. They can't thrive in this system. And the Boston Celtics can't be successful in this type of system. Yes, I know they're in the NBA Finals right now with a chance to win it. They, they, they may win it, and if it does, it won't be because of Marcus Martin. It won't be because of Derek White. It'll be because those two guys that I mentioned early, earlier. With your finals MVP probably being Jason Tatum. So the reason why I say Jalen Brunson is because you're going out, you're, get, you're getting a player, a, a good offensive player who has played with a superstar. He doesn't need all the shots. He doesn't need the ball in his hands multiple times. He's not trying to be the hero at the end of the game because he's played with the guy in Luka Doncic that he knows I got a superstar on the court with me. So let me drive and kick. Let me drive, get to the hole. And if they're not going to collapse on me, I can finish. Marcus Smart, Derek White, they're too streaky. They're too streaky. You don't never know what you're going to get from them. You don't never know how what, what they're going to do and how they're going to uh, play. I think in game, uh, see, in game one, they both of them went off. Both of them had really good games in game one of the NBA Finals, but then game two, they shrunk. You couldn't find them. One of the problems that the Boston Celtics has is that they don't have a person who can drive and kick adequately, consistently. And that's what Jalen Brunson is. Jalen Brunson is a is a player who knows how to drive and kick. He does it all the time to get the ball to Luka. So now you got him driving and kicking out to Jalen Brown. You got him driving and kicking out to uh, Jason Tatum. That takes a lot of the pressure off of those two for them to have to create and be playmakers. You'll put a playmaker on the floor that the defense has to respect because if you don't stop Jalen Brunson, he is going to score. He's a scorer. Marcus Smart is not. Derek White is not. So that keeps the opponent's defense, they, they, that keeps them honest. Because if you're just going to allow Jalen Brunson to get in the lane, he's just going to keep going into the lane. He's going to keep going to the lane. He's a better, and, and he also has a better jump shot. He has a better jump shot. He has a better mid-range game. He has a better drive game. Then Marcus Smart and Derek White. And I think that uh, bringing him in, pairing him up with the two superstars that are already, I mean, the, the two stars that are already on the Boston Celtics and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, hey, man, look. You know, I don't make the rules. I just work here. I can see it happening. You know how dangerous the Boston Celtics would be if they got Jalen Brunson? I'm talking when I say dangerous, I'm talking about I, I know that even if Kyrie, if Kyrie and, and KD comes back, then it's gonna be hard to stop them. It'd be hard to stop the Boston Celtics. They'll they'll run right through the nets. 
They'll run right through Milwaukee. They'll run right through Miami. They'll run right through Philly. You put a true point guard, a true point guard who's used to playing with guys who need the ball in their hands on the Boston Celtics to go along with this coach, with this rising, this rising superstar they got in the coach and the way that he's able to game plan and the way he's able to put together a defensive game plan, there's nobody stopping the, the Boston Celtics, not in the East. If they went out and they got Jalen Brunson, I am making the Boston Celtics the, the, the favorite to come out of the East to go back to the finals. Problem is, what you going to do with Marcus Smart? What you going to do with Derek, Derek White? I say, and this is just me, their trade value is high right now. Marcus Smart is coming off that, as I mentioned earlier, the defensive player of the year. There are some teams that could definitely use his skill set. Derek White, he's shown some flashes. He's shown some flashes during this postseason. That, I mean, you could trick a team maybe into taking on a $16 million salary. I tell you, I, I, I put it like this. If Danny Ainge was there, he would have already pulled the trigger. All right, I got to get up out of here, y'all. Like, I, I got some things that I need to do. I got to get myself prepared, not only for game three of the NBA Finals tonight, but, you know, I got some Houston, Texas OTA wrap-ups to do. Y'all make sure that you are subscribed to Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast, available wherever you get your podcast from. I'm out.